Hey, Stats Pack, welcome back to the podcast. I'm just going to start off with, of course, all live last night, uh, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Jake Paul won in a split decision. So a YouTuber, Jake Paul, defeated former UFC welterweight champion Tyron Woodley by split decision. The pair squared off in the eight-round cruiserweight boxing headline, a match headline in the fight card pay-per-view with a sold-out Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, Ohio. The judges scored the fight 78-74, to 77-75 for Paul and 77-75 for Woodley. Uh, Jake Paul, I don't know what the one judge saw, but I still got the victory. So he's from, I don't know what to say. It was a tough opponent. He's been fighting for so many years, and I'm still new to this, said Paul. A renew, a re, a, excuse me, a renewed, re-owned content creator, she's tongue-tied, who dove into the world fighting prize fight just three years ago. My legs were weird. I wasn't sure what I was wrong with me. All respect to Tyron, though. He's a Hall of Famer and put up a good fight. I have nothing but respect for him. There's no hard feelings. It feels amazing to do this for uh, my city. It's a dream come true. That's crazy, man. I, I know Tyron's older, though, obviously, but... Uh, this is a dude who just decided he wanted to become a prize fighter. After weeks of the buildup, including an eventful fight week, Paul and Woodley swapped the verbal jabs for real punches. Woodley was a clear step up from Paul's previous three opponents, opposing a true threat for the first time in Paul's career. The 39-year-old who was making his pro boxing debut landed perhaps the most meaningful punch of the night, rocking Paul with an overhand right that sent him against the ropes. Um, but it was Paul who was more active. He outlanded Woodley 71-52 in total punches, while Woodley outlanded Paul and Powers 41-35. Damn. They went at it. Uh, he hit me one good shot the whole fight. It was a good shot. He said the polarizing Paul. It was a real good one. I don't know what this, the jaws are, but I still got the victory. For me to come here and do eight rounds in my fourth fight, who does that? I'm doing things that have never been done before. That's true. Um you know, that's one way to look at like fighting development is like to work like <clears throat> fire the lower ranks and work your way up or do like Paul's doing start his way up top fighting like uh, some like older fighters or even ones, uh, you know, who are MMA guys and just and just winning that way, getting your experience and your victories that way. The former UFC welterweight champion Woodley, who made five successful defensives, belt believed he did enough to get the win in his professional boxing debut. Well, he lost. Jake Paul won. Forget that Tommy Fury fight, Woodley said. Let's run that back. Nobody's going to sell that PP, uh, pay-per-view like we did. The ropes held him up when I hit him. I could have had that knockdown. I walked uh, him down, landed back time and time again. I landed power. He missed shots all night. Good fight. All right. On to some NFL. Deshaun Watson trade rumors. Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores declines comment on the trade. Rumors heated up over the weekend that Miami Dolphins were heavily interested in trading for Houston's quarterback, Deshaun Watson. A report from Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio said that Watson likely traded after the weekend and uh, separated one from Barry Jackson. My Herald detailed the Dolphins were not willing to meet the price of the Texans. Look, all, all the, you know, all, it, when it comes to this trade and Deshaun Watson's trade, I don't, I don't know why the Texans think they have the, the leverage because this dude, this dude's in trouble, like Deshaun Watson. Uh, it's not, it's no surprise that head coach Brian Flores would not come on the situation after the team Sunday preseason finale against the Cincinnati Battle Bengals. Uh, he said, reports, speculation, nothing we really get into, and that discussion of the team about personnel will remain internal. Watson trade would impact second-year quarterback Tua Tungavailoa in a big way. Flores hammered down the point that he has confidence in him. 
Um, I'm confident in Tua. He has done a lot of good things. He has played well. My conversation with a player, he's going to be between me and that player. Watson was listed as the four-string quarterback with a Texan that did not play in the preseason this month. Off the field, Watson faces a complicated legal situation. Clarity on Watson's legal situation could come in the near future with possibility of sexual charges for uh, against a former first-round pick. Law enforcement in Harris County, Texas, is considering charging Watson with sexual assault and sexual misconduct. According to sources and knowledge of the situation, Harris County Grand Jury Investigators is still being determined whether there's sufficient evidence to bring criminal charges. If Watson does not play this season or if the former Clemson star is placed on the team's commissioner-exempt list, Houston could potentially trade him next year for a much more sizable reward if the legal issues are resolved. That's true. Or for nothing if they wait long, right? If there is legal issues, then they don't get nothing. 49ers quarterback shuffle find success takeaways from preseason win with the Raiders. The Niners, who closed out the preseason with a commanding win over the Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Sunday served as a dress rehearsal for the regular season. With a number of starters making an appearance, George Kittle, Trent Williams, Raheem Mostert, Alex Mack, Takizi Tart, and Jalen Hurd were among the 49ers who made preseason debut on Sunday. After a good week of practice, head coach Kyle Shannon alluded it to wanting to see roughly 20 snaps of the starters before sending them out to the sideline. Uh, quarterback rotation, Shanahan got created and offered a glimpse of what his two-quarterback offense could look like with both Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Let's just not get crazy with a two-quarterback thing, uh, Coach. Seeing snaps under center for the uh, first two drives. San Francisco put a play together of 10 plays, 68-yard drive, where both 49 quarterbacks were interchanged with five snaps apiece. Mostert knocked seven carries for 50 yards during that drive. Lance did not throw any passes, however. He was in for three of Mostert's runs. And in between quarterback exchange, Garoppolo capped off the drive with a one-yard touchdown run. San Francisco offense drive saw three straight passes from Garoppolo, including a 24-yarder to Debo, followed by two snaps from Lance. The drive coming in two snaps from Lance. Uh, the latter, a two-yard t- rushing touchdown by the rookie, extend the lead to 14-0. to zero. Uh, There you go. Both quarterbacks look decent. Uh, I still think you're going to have to stay with uh, – let's just stay with GBG at the start. All right. Cam Newton over Mac Jones and nine other Patriots takeaway from Sunday night. D'Angelo Ross makes the most of his second start. Every preseason you have a player who comes out of nowhere and jumps the radar. Sunday night it was Ross who got the start at slot corner with Jonathan Jones being banged up. Ross played well, showing his toughness and willing to tackles. Um, New England pass rush defense looks dominant. The pass rush appears to be formal this August. Matthew Judon and Josh Uche both have had fantastic preseasons, and they're not alone. Chase Winovich consist- consistently being after the passer, and rookie, oh, sorry, rookie Ronnie Perkins and Christian Barmore flashed several times too. Um, Wyatt's cam over Max, a daily question New England. Who should the Patriots start the quarterback decision? Well, Belichick said at the postgame conference that there's some tough decisions to make, but for another week, the head coach actually speak louder than his words. Once again, Cam Newton got all of the work with the first-team offense, and Mac Jones only came in with the backups. Belichick said Cam was a starter when Mac was drafted. Nothing has done since gives any indication that that is going to change. Gunnar Oslowski is not yet an NFL wide receiver. Gunnar once again showed that he's not ready to play receiver at the NFL level. When he gets separation, he's unable to catch the passes thrown his way. He's not come through at any high-level situations this preseason. It's possible the first-team All-Pro return does not make the roster again this year. Um, kick returner speaking of kick returning, seeking seeing rookie running back Ramado Stevenson return kicks is painful. Reminds me of when Brandon Bolden would be back there for the Patriots. Ooh, that's bad. 
A near-perfect night for New England's kicker competition. Nick Folk and Quinn Norton both kicked Thursday night and it was a perfect night all around. Until Norton missed a 54-yarder. The undrafted free agent has not shown the ability to consistent this offseason, so it might be tough to justify keeping him over Nick Folk. Uh, decisions are looming on the roster bubble, obviously. Uh, Michael Jackson is a great example later. He is consistently getting beat, and he simply is an NFL quarterback. Cornerback. There are others, however, that have been made in a, in a positive way. Defensive tackle, Akeem Spence, got a ton of playing time. Uh, defensive back, Joe Juan Williams, looks like he played enough to keep up the roster spot. Let's see. Bill Murray's guy's done everything to make his team on the roster, and the William Murray product played special teams. All right, first impression left by Sean Wade. The Patriots acquired Wade via trade earlier this week, and the cornerback was out on the field only after one practice with the team. Wade did get pushed to the ground on the final Hail Mary, but he had plenty, uh, played plenty pretty well up to that point. The rookie fifth-round pick out of Ohio State showed willingness to be physical on the run game and had done a pretty good job covering. It's unlikely the Patriots will trade two selections for Wade and then cut him. Let's see here. All right. F1 news, and I'll tell you if you anybody watched the Belgian Grand Prix, but uh, the weather was absolutely terrible, and it ended up that qualifying results were the final results and the results for the race. They ended up getting half points for it. Um, Max took first, and uh, who's uh, George Russell was second, and Lewis Hamilton was third. After three hours of rain delay. Um, waiting for the rain to start the race. Resace, the race started from the pit lane behind the safety car and then was stopped. That's a complete two laps required to award half points. George Russell finished second for Williams, his Formula One, first Formula One podium, and seven times world champion Lewis Hamilton for Mercedes. Hamilton's overall lead of first stop and was cut to eight points to three. Close. I'm going to finish off with this one. Rajon Rondo has a new team, or old team, should I say. Rajon Rondo is 35 years old. And is younger than five of the other Lakers. That's crazy. Rajon Rondo completed his buyout with the Memphis Grizzlies per Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Woj further reported that 35-year-olds expected to sign with the Lakers ahead of the 2021-22 season. Rondo played for the Purple and Gold through uh, 2018, 19, and 20 seasons. In fact, Rondo played a crucial part in helping the organization win a 2020 title. Interesting fact is if Rondo joins the team, he'll still be younger than five people on the, on the team. Uh, that's LeBron, 36, Camaro, 37, Trevor Reza, 36, Marcos, all 36, and Dwight Howard at 35 years old. Although the Lakers are one of the oldest teams in the NBA history, they're still favorites to come out of the West. Uh, they got a solid team. We'll see if they can keep it together with injuries, obviously. The only point is how they can manage the uh, the workload, obviously. <laughs> We'll see. I think it's going to be an interesting NBA season. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Stats Beast podcast. Take care. I hope everybody's doing well. Bye.